Hello, it's Chuck from Above the Basement, Boston Music, and Conversation. Linnea Herzog is someone you don't miss when you walk by her or see her on stage. And I would surmise at her day job as a neuroscientist at the Broad Institute, you can't miss her there either. Musicians are smart, but some are smarter than others, especially when you have a PhD in neuroscience from Brandeis University, where Linnea studied how taste and spatial information are processed in the rodent hippocampus. Linnea is actually our second musician scientist we've spoken to at the Broad Institute. A few years ago, we talked with infectious disease expert, professor at Harvard University, and musician Parties Sabetti. Anyways, Linnea is all punk and glam and a fearless rock star. Having got to the Rock and Roll Rumble finals in 2019 with her former band Power Slut, when the pandemic hit, she decided to go in another direction with her new band, Linnea's Garden. Linnea is a do-it-yourselfer, and she certainly does it all. Her debut EP, Nowhere Friday Nights, is out now on Red and Red Records, and she is preparing to release a full-length album shortly. I hoped to publish this episode before they played at the Sinclair in Cambridge, Massachusetts, but life got in the way a bit, so while I missed that opportunity to plug her Sinclair show, she already has several more lined up this fall. I was able to get a recording, however, from the Sinclair and you can hear that at the end of this conversation. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Linnea was a great chat, and I had a fantastic time talking to her. So here is my conversation with Linnea Herzog, recorded in her apartment in Somerville, Massachusetts. It's Linnea. It's Linnea. That's correct. Siri thinks it is, though. Siri's wrong. No. Do they say cluff? They say like Ray cluff, but they it's say cl- cluff. Yeah. yeah, that's what they say. It's cluff. clow. It's clow. Clow. But you oh, know, there's a, it actually in, in it's a, a Gaelic town. Is it? Oh, not Gaelic. It's an Irish town. Same spelling, but it's pronounced click. Oh wow! Yeah. Many options. I know. So how are you? Good. It's nice to see you. I'm. Uh, I saw you last week at um, the Boynton. Yeah, the new once the new venue. So exciting. The they've got that up venue. and running. Yeah. Um, they've we just gotten lucky with the rain. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super was, lucky. Open an outdoor venue during the three weeks where it rains every day straight. I but know. I've seen they've had some really successful shows there. They which is awesome. We had like a good string of good weather and then all of a sudden it's this been monsoon weather for the last couple of weeks. It's been yeah. pretty tiresome. <laughs> but tomorrow's supposed to be nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so as I was talking to Joe, hi Joe. Hi. We met, and actually, I remember introducing myself to you, and you may not remember because you had no idea who the hell I was. <laughs> there's a lot of people you meet. And there's a lot of people, exactly, yeah. of course. But you were sitting just outside the doors to to once, and I just went up to you and said, "Hi, I'm Chuck, and I'm from above the basement." And I gave, I may have given you a sticker, I don't remember. And you said, "Get the hell away from me." But that's whether that's the first time I saw you was when I mean, you were with Power Slut. Yeah, was that at the Rumble? That was at the Rumble, so that right would on. have been the twenty nineteen Rumble, and you made it all the way to the finals. Yeah, it was awesome. That was exciting. Yeah, <laughs> and you actually, you guys had the f- the most fun band because didn't you? Didn't everyone like have like sparklers and you handed out a bunch of stuff and. Like, it, it turned out into a big party out Yeah, there. we had the unicorn dancers. The unicorn dancers. Uh, I called them the leopard print butt club, actually. We had them in full force, yeah. The there was... leopard print butt club? <laughs> yeah, so we had a song called leopard print butt club. Or plug? I, don't, I can't even the say leopard, it right now. Leopard, leopard print, print butt, butt plug. plug? So then I decided, 
wouldn't it be funny if we had a fan club called the Leopard Print Butt Club? Yes. And then I just decided to make a Facebook chat with people I knew who were coming to the Rumble shows to coordinate, like, you know, during this song, everyone do this. During that song, everyone do this. And so there we had a really good thing and, going. And everything. It was great. <laughs> no, that was the most, I think that was, I was a judge for one of those too. Oh, I don't, nice. I don't remember if I was a judge for you. <laughs> um, I wasn't a judge for the final. It was like in the first couple of weeks because it, it lasts pretty long. It was like a couple, two or three weeks, right? So um, that was an impressive array of, of fans in the audience taking care of your, your ambiance. It was such a great chance to like take things to the next level because I felt like I'd been like attending or at least I'd heard of this event since like when I was in college in the Boston area and I just like always wanted to play it. So it was like it never worked out for years and years and then finally it was like we got everything in a row. So it was like we're going to just pull out all the stops. So let's back up. So where are you from originally? I'm from Twin Cities, St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what brought you to Boston? College, basically. College. Yeah, I you went, went to, to, you went to Brandeis. I went to Wellesley, actually, Wellesley. for college. Yeah. Why did I see Brandeis in your... Brandeis for grad school. Brandeis for grad school. Yeah, All right, so yeah. you went to Wellesley, and then you went to Brandeis for grad school, and you are a neuroscientist. That's right, yeah. <laughs> We're going to get into that in a minute, but I want to... You are at the Broad Institute. yeah. Not the Broad Institute. Not the Broad Institute. But the Broad Institute. I've been to the Broad Institute, and we for, interviewed... Yeah, for one of the episodes, right? Party Sabetti. Yeah. Do you so know, cool. Do you know Parties? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, she's super cool. Yeah, very cool. She's in a band called um, Thousand Days. Cool. And she works with like Ebola, like serious badass viruses. That's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so we went there, and I don't even know how... Well, Ron, my co-host, was a, uh, is, a, is a physician, but I don't, remember how, I don't remember how he ran into her. But anyway, she was very cool. And when you got, you just started, you just started there, right? Uh, in February 2020, actually, I started. So February I've been sort of on site, like, since uh, last summer. Like, there was a brief shutdown, you know, with COVID, but I was back in the lab, like, June 2020. Yeah. So I've been working there for, like, a year and a half. Okay. So, okay. So just to kind of sum up. So you went to Wellesley, and then you went to Brandeis, and you got your PhD there. Yeah. And then I think I remember. I mean, just because I see you on Facebook, you you finished your doctorate fairly recently, right? Yeah, like late 2019, early 2020. Okay. And and so, what is your thing? What is your So I'm a neurophysiologist. So in grad school, I studied um, hippocampus place cells so the hippocampus is thought to be like the center of learning and memory and these place cells are studied a lot because animals like rats will forage and they forage for food but not a lot actually was known about the responses to taste you know they're mostly just studied in terms of what are the responses to physical areas of space and so my research in grad school was about how these place cells could respond to taste in order to form you know sort of the brain code for how animals find food we think and so now at the Brown Institute I'm doing something pretty different Um, I'm looking at EEG biomarkers of psychiatric disorders like bipolar, schizophrenia. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just trying to figure out, you know, do these mice have similar EEG to what we see in human patients of these disorders? So when you got to the Broad Institute, is that like an, an idea that you brought to them or is there something that they were already looking at? How does that work? How does, how does that uh, whole dynamic work when you, when you started there? 
Yeah, so they had um, EEG studies in place, but yeah. not a lot of people were doing them. And so they wanted to hire someone who was like more specialized, I guess. Uh, okay. So that would be me. And because you you mentioned the rats, so Joe was very interested in this. You had to perform surgery tomorrow on several rats. Mice. So, I'm sorry, several mice. So mice, you can do all the genetic manipulations that yes. you wouldn't be able to do with a rat. So we use a mouse for this. Wow. Yeah. And so, so you're going to, is it, does it have one of those things with like the, the electric bolt going up the, like in Frankenstein, like the electric bolt going up the things <laughs> and stuff? No, not really. Yeah, it's it's really not that exciting. But that's what, so that's what she's doing tomorrow, Joe. She's having, she's dissecting five mice. And I thought that was a lot because I can usually only do two. So, and so it's going well there. Yeah, and it's en- great. enjoying what you're doing. I know yeah. Mead Hall's down the cor- down the street from. Yeah, me. it's right across the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah, looking forward to going there again. <laughs> but that's cool. So and so the the end game is what we don't have to talk about your science all, the whole time. I just <laughs> wanted to kind of get an, an idea of what you were doing. Like, what's the end game for your research? Is it for looking at bipolar and depression in in people? Yeah. Okay. So the end I don't game, mean to ask stupid questions. Sorry, <laughs> no, no. But. I just I I wasn't sure exactly what you meant by uh, okay. the question. But the end game would be to sort of use these findings in order to make better treatments for people who have bipolar or schizophrenia. Um, in order, like, so you would read their EEG and say, you know, this treatment would work based on. Um, treatments that we eventually hopefully find that oh, work on these different kinds of mice. Ah, very cool. And you're enjoying it. Yeah. You're the other rock and roller in the building. Are there other musicians in the, that you know of in, in the building? Well, my bandmate, Amy, is in the building. Well, oh, actually, really? she's been working remote for most of this time. But she's a, yeah. she's, she works there too. Yeah. So I actually found out about the Broad like, through her originally. I was like, oh, this sounds like a cool place to be a part of. And she's a musician. She's in your band. Yeah. She's the bass player. The bass player. Yeah. When did you start playing music? Like, when were you, were you did you grow up a musician? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, I was singing as a baby, and then I started playing piano when I was, like, seven, and then started playing guitar when I was 14, so... So you've just been playing your whole life. Yeah, whole time. Has it always been rock, and just, like, you've always been, like, a... uh, It was classical, actually. It was classical. Yeah, yeah, for a long time, actually. It was mostly classical, but I don't know. I just got more into playing the guitar and it was like, this isn't really the way I want to express myself. You know, I've written string quartets. I've written written stuff for like woodwind ensemble in the past, but ultimately I kept coming back to rock music because it's like just the way I want to express myself and, you know, let all of the tension and anger out through the songwriting. Sure. Can you, you can, um, can you read music? Yeah. Yeah. I cannot read music. Unfortunately. <laughs> I don't like to, though. Yeah, <laughs> I will, but it's not my preferred way. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's a good skill to have, and it is kind of. Does it help you write? Yeah, I mean, because there's basic theory structures sure. that apply, and you know, you become aware of more things. Yeah, yeah, they they always confuse me. I get, I get lost. <laughs> my, my buddy's always trying to teach me, and I'm just like, just tell me the chord. And I know, I know how to play it. Uh, which also, it's that is probably why also you. I read recently that you're starting to pl- you learned more. Actually, when you hit the pandemic, you started playing more lead. Yeah, that, so that's really what separates Linnea's Garden from Power Slut is that I'm the lead guitarist as well as the songwriter. So. So there's just it's just it's you, the bass player, and a drummer, mm-hmm. and that's it, right? Yeah. Okay, just three of you. Yeah. Were there were there more of you in in Power Slut? 
Yeah, there were four people oh, okay. in Power Slide, okay. two guitars. Yeah. So, and you said that you had been trying to get into the Rumble for a while. So, did you have a lot of bands? Did you have bands as you uh, were in Boston? Like, no, like I was in a couple others, but Power Slide was really like my main band for like you know seven or eight years. Oh yeah, it's for- just we never had like releases that coincided with like entering the Rumble or someone would quit the band. You know, we had a lot of people quitting the band just constantly. So. Did you did you gig a lot with Power Slide? Oh yeah. Yeah. Over the seven years you did? Yeah, lots of small rooms, you know, O'Brien's, like yeah. TT's, radio, and that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, good stuff. You had Power Slut coming out of the Rumble, and and then you then the pandemic happened. Well, we made one more album before that, um, but then I sort of called it quits, like sort of after after getting my PhD, really. I was like, it's time for something new. Like, I'm doing a lot of other life changes. Like, might as well do this. Like, I've been thinking about it a long time. Like, what music do I want to make? Going into my 30s versus in my 20s, it was like, you know, that year, too, where I was yeah. turning 30. It just all of these huge life changes were happening. It was like, no, it's time. Like, this feels right. And I decided to call the new project Linnea's Garden. I didn't really have that many ideas about like what it would be like. I just knew I had a whole bunch of songs that never worked for Power Slut for whatever reason. And I would just, you know, try to build on those. And so I took a month um, between grad school, actually, and starting my new job, which ended up being January 2020. Um, But before. yeah. Yeah, just before. And so I was just playing a lot of guitar, trying to build up the demos and then, you know, trying to actually learn what I had laid down which was a whole nother challenge um but yeah i had no idea what we were gonna sound like live i just knew i wanted to be dancey and have disco beats kind of like the popular songs from power slut like commuter rail me hot sub wingman i knew i wanted to make some music that like people could dance to why only three uh in the band I think just logistically, it's easier. And, you know, I had this desire to, like, get better at guitar because ultimately it was, like, the guitar and, you know, physical properties of sound that, like, actually got me into neuroscience. So I was like, I need to, like, learn more about this and be able to control the sound better and, like, actually understand what my pedals do. Um, So, yeah, it just, it started like that. So when the pandemic happened... Uh, and you were turning from your 20s to your 30s, mm-hmm. you decided to start Lenny's Garden. You, now, you thought of the name, and you thought about the direction. Um, part of it was your pod, right? You, like, you had the certain people who you were with, and so by, I don't know if it was necessary by default, but it certainly made it easier for you to start jamming with the people you were in your pod with. Yeah, so I had Hans, my partner, and also Tom from Corner Soul, actually. Yeah, Corner so we Soul. were we were jamming a lot yeah, in Lowell in the studio and, you know, I just was so happy to be working with them because like I mean, they just inspired me to level up like at the rumble and I saw them and I was like, wow, I'm really not that good. I need to get better. <laughs> you know, I need to bring more to the stage. Like, yeah, they, they inspired they're me. They're pretty a lot. polished. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, um, I liked I liked them a lot. They were they were very good. So uh, you know, to have Hans and Tom be like the backing band for like that first Linnea's Garden EP, it was like, oh my god, <laughs> dream come true. Like, so good. You did it at their recording studio. Yeah, you, yeah, they have a studio in Lowell. Did you write these songs with the pod, or were they? Did you bring them in yourself? 
so a lot of them were written before that yeah. Yeah. um but there was one song friday night that friday actually night. was written as a result of those jams were they fully realized before you got to the band or did you was it really kind of like you just had the lyrics and the chords and you had to you had to flesh them out i would say most of them were fully realized oh, really? yeah from old power slot demos some of them and then some of them i'd written like during that month i took off so can you play other instruments other than the uh can you like the drums and the bass i'm sure you can yeah play i can i'm probably the worst at drums but I played bass in a band, Found Audio, which was how I met JB from Power Slut. Um, and then I also played keyboard in a band, too. And so, and it was just an EP. Yeah. Why just an EP? I'm, I mean, a lot of people put out EPs, and, I'm, and I ask them always the same question. Sometimes they feel like, I don't know, I just didn't, more an EP, I just didn't have enough songs. or <laughs> We definitely that? have enough songs, but I felt like conceptually, those five songs really went well together, and they captured that sort of like vintage, like Blondie, Go-Go's yeah. style yeah, that yeah. like I really was channeling a lot and listening to a lot that summer. And yeah, like I was inspired by, at the time it was called Whistle Stop Rock, but it's now become Red on Red Records and just the style of all those bands like sort of played into how I was arranging these songs. And so we thought that conceptually like these five went really well together. Red on Red Records. So Red on Red Records is um, basically the brainchild of Justine Kovald from Justine and the Unclean. Justine and the Unclean, yeah, sure. Black Threads, yeah. Yeah, um, So she started a record label during pandemic. Uh, okay, and I, I knew this. I did, it slipped my but you're right. Yes, I yeah. know, it's all coming back now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. You wanted to talk about Red on Red. Tell me tell me more about them. Yeah, it's been really awesome. Really supportive group to be a part of, like, especially when pandemic was still happening. You know, it was a group of people who were, like, very active musically. And that was really inspiring to see because, like, there were some people who just sort of took the whole time off um, from music. Yeah. and. I didn't want to be one of those people. Like I wanted to keep making music, even if it wasn't indicative of like the future live sound of my band. I just wanted to keep putting stuff out there. Um, I felt really like restless, and so being part of this group was like been so beneficial to me. And I feel like there's a lot of like Boston rock scene vets in the group as well. And so it's just inspiring to like you know get to hang out with like members of the neighborhoods and stuff. And um, also a lot of bands I love are part of this group, like the Daily. Lilies, um, Linda Mandolin and Lee Harrington have a new project, the Chelsea Curve, yeah. Jack Lights. Yeah, there's just like a lot of talent in the group and it's really fun to be a part of. And now we're doing like, we had a outdoor summer showcase. We're doing more events. At first it was just, you know, virtual video release shows, yeah. which was it was cool because I feel like Red on Red sort of like pioneered like this is the way that you do it. And it meaning, was meaning what meaning uh, just about the, playing videos. And yeah, like the production of it was like just like really good. I felt like it was better than the stuff I was trying to put out independently. And so to be a part of it was like really cool because it's like no this is the standard and like <laughs> we're gonna keep it going and so now it's sort of transitioned back into the live shows and everyone has their releases coming out all the time like everyone's constantly releasing singles eps albums and yeah. like it's just really cool to be a part of it it is ex that's exciting right yeah uh, i freaking love it and it's great to have that kind of community is like is so i mean yeah. it, it was uh i mean i there was so much like anxiety and depression I could see from so many musicians during COVID that it's so great to see people coming out of that with art that they've, that they've put together. 
yeah. and, and the videos. So talk, I know that you love doing the videos. Talk about the videos. Yeah, I never thought I would be like making so many music videos, but like during the pandemic, it was like this was like the way to get stuff out and like show people, you know, what does your band look and sound like? Yeah. And, you know, for me, like we'd never really played like a live show with Lene's Garden. So it was like, this is the chance to like really establish the image. And so right away, I was like, I want it to be really glammed out, yeah. like no t-shirts, like, you know, lots of wearing like these stick on gems on your face like I'm doing now. Like Joe, um, you wear those, right Joe? All the time. Yeah, no, it's, it's fun. Um, but like, I definitely wanted to establish a vibe with the videos. I think I did a pretty good job with it. They're great. Yeah. And you hadn't played live with, with Linnea's Garden before Not until June, yeah. <laughs> not, until, not until this June that you did. Yeah, that was our first like um, real show. It was at the Jungle in Somerville. The, you know, one of the things I keep read I've read a couple articles about you, one in Alston Pudding, and then there's another one somewhere, that it's the, the do-it-yourself, it's the DIY that, that you do. Were you heavily involved in how you did the videos? Yeah, so I basically did the whole thing with the band, and I did all the editing. Um, we shot it all on our phones, like, we did, like, a DIY green screen. Uh, so are they here to get your car moved? Yeah. But yeah, we did a green screen. It was actually right here in my living room. Was oh, really? The green screen for science and you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for replacement. Um, yeah, they were both shot like right here oh, cool. where we're sitting. No, I didn't. I, I couldn't have. Well, I mean, it's hard to tell with the green screen. You couldn't tell where, they, where it was done. Exactly. I love videos. And I love that the fact that they're kind of coming back. I mean, and I grew up in MTV. So that was my thing. Yeah. And and videos were everything for for anybody growing up in music. And I like how they're now starting to do a little more telling stories or just not just like rocking in front of the in front of there. So if you have you have any other uh, videos in the in the coffer that you're waiting to, to release? Not at the moment, but we are working on our full length album. And the plan is to have two videos ready to go even before the album comes out. I have to figure out which songs it is, though. I don't want to choose what are the singles until I hear the actual recordings. Nowhere Friday Nights is the name of the EP. That's the EP. Is yeah. you going to, um, are the, are, the, are the five going to be in the new album? No, it's all new songs. All new It'll stuff. Be 13 songs. 13 songs. Yeah. Are they all written? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's all recorded except for the vocals. You for a podcast one time? Me? Yeah. Oh yeah, have you ever been interviewed just, just for this? I've been interviewed on a pod. I yeah, uh, I was on with um, with Angel Wood. Nice. Once on Boston Emissions, um, but it wasn't like a huge interview. It was just like you know five minutes. Like who are you guys and why are you bothering me kind of cool. thing. But it's great being on there. We're actually gonna do an episode together. We here here a band called Caspian. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be doing uh, talking to Caspian. Cool. Who was playing at the Sinclair. Yeah, I saw that show. And a lot of my friends are going. <laughs> you are playing at the Sinclair. Uh, I can't believe it. That's yeah. That's freaking awesome. It's crazy. It's like, my, it just happened so quick. I, see, how, how did this happen? So, you, Hans and I were on the way to P Town, and I got a text like, do you want to open? We are adding another, like, freeze pop show. Do you want to open? I was like, yes. <laughs> so, who, who are you opening up for? freeze pop so they are like boston electropop legends like i've been a fan of them like ever since i've been in the area oh really They're awesome that's yeah. fantastic yeah so when is that gig 
August 13th. August 13th. And Brandy Blaze is also playing. Oh, Brandy. We talked to Brandy Blaze. Yeah. That's going to be a great night. Yeah. I wouldn't have to go to that one. Hoping to sell this one out. Is that your, that's not your next gig? You know, it might be our next local gig, actually. Is it? We've got a gig in New York before that. Oh, really? Where are you going to New York? Uh, July 30, we're playing in Brooklyn, um, Bar Frida. Oh, cool. That's the name of the venue. Oh, great. So congratulations on Sinclair. Thank you. It's one of my favorite venues so in the, in Me the too. city. I've seen so many great bands there, and it's such a great place to see music. Your your website says peri-apocalyptic glam. I thought glam I took rock. down the peri-apocalyptic part because it's no longer the apocalypse. Well, fingers crossed. Oh, I get it. <laughs> what, what, you, what, is, what is, I mean, excuse my dumbness, but peri-apocalyptic. Well, it was the peri-apocalypse because of the pandemic, but what, now what it's What does peri not. mean? On the, on it's like sort of apocalyptic. Oh, Glamour sort of apocalyptic. Rock. Oh, okay. <laughs> but All I right. actually changed it to, uh, what is it? Glammed out uh, dance punk rock. Uh, I think I must, that's the new moniker. I must yeah. have, maybe I just I missed it just before you. <laughs> I changed it kind of recently. Just before you changed it. I was like, is it time? Can I change it yet? Like, <laughs> But honestly, you're, the music is perfect for coming out of pandemic. Because it's just, it's just rock in your face. And the glam, I mean, it's it's exactly what, I think people need that kind of that kind of music, that kind of energy. Yeah, it's trying to be like dancey, hopeful, but also like let's rock the fuck out. Yeah, so. and it's hopeful, but it's also you know you got a, you got a message in there too a little bit. And, yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. I I was cranking it up, and it kind of reminded me of. I mean, it's a little different, but like a, a like a more rockier B fifty twos. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I really like them. I just I just I, you know, just that I, I think part of it is probably the the guitar based uh, base on that. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes it just I, these ideas pop in my head and maybe have nothing to do with your music. But yeah, I actually write most of the songs on bass. Oh, do you? Enough. Yeah. So oftentimes, like I'll be jamming like with hands or you know just by myself on bass, and so like that's how the song gets written. And then I have to add my guitar later. It's like so, Amy. Here's the bass part. I don't actually know what I'm playing on guitar, um, as opposed to like in the past I've done it more as like a singer songwritery acoustic guitar type deal playing chords. But yeah, it's it's pretty different. Like the way I write songs now so how do how does that work is it is it you in a in a room with an acoustic guitar not or anymore <laughs> it's it's really you just you plug in and you do it That's yeah i try to write based in. on like loud electric jams and huh. then you know add the lyrics and the melody so later that loudness is part of the yeah inspiration yeah there? exactly oh cool how do your neighbors feel about the the loud guitars in here? They're cool. I Are mean, they they're musicians too. Oh, like good. it's actually okay. Yeah. Is the new album? Do you have the new album um, uh, name of the new album? I have it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to oh, say okay. it well, yet, that's, though. Uh, it's a good name. I'll just say that much. It's a good name. That, <laughs> it's a good it. name. It fits the band. <laughs> well, this won't come out until the. Uh, yeah, it'll probably come out like early next year. The, oh, the not even, oh, not for a while. Yeah, like we are we need to do it right this time, you know, make sure I don't get burnt out <laughs> too much to promote it. Like I really want to do it up. Did you want to, did you want to tour the, the EP a little bit for a little bit further? Is that, is that one of the reasons? So we're not really like playing that many songs off the EP, um, but it's more like I want to build up hype. And also, we've already released something this year, so I kind of want to make it, like, the next year. So my goal with this band is to have a release every year, like, whether it's an EP or a full album. Do you play out the the new songs, and that's how you hone them? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Put, I put an album a couple years ago, and when we do play I'm like oh we should have you know I mean, after you play it live I'm like oh that was so much better than what we did in the studio and I, I feel like it does change over time it yeah. does and like the bet the, the stuff that's not great 
kind of falls off and you kind yeah. of fix it with whatever you're doing live. So that's what I like about that. Yeah, I find myself already cutting songs from the live set list, even though we only played them like one time. Like we have this song Mouth that's going to be on the album, but it's very like specific to COVID. I'm just like, I don't want to sing this anymore. Yeah. Like, it was good for our first couple shows, but like it's not relevant anymore. Like I'm already moved on. That's so funny because there was a lot of people who wouldn't put out, who put out an album or just about to put in an album before COVID hit. And they're not gonna. They either don't put it out, or they don't tour on it, because they're just they're just like ah, oh, this is so long ago. I'm sick of these songs. It reminds me of COVID, and I just don't want to do that. And and I kind of get it, but it's I, I feel badly that you know they put all this work into the, into an album, they, and they don't tour it, and no one gets to hear it. Yeah, I feel like with the album, like I just want to do it right. You know, have a lot of hype built up for it. Yeah. So you like the studio? Yeah, it's great. Like, you know, it's very <laughs> DIYs, but it's great because I think I suffered a lot in like the traditional studio setup because like it just puts too much pressure and I would kind of get anxious about stuff. It's better to just like be able to control everything. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, not to have to worry about like the time and yeah. going in and paying per hour and like and being able to write additional parts. Yeah, like take, when you're there, your like for one song, I laid down like eight guitar tracks and I wasn't planning on it. And one feedback track where like Hans is on the ground, like turning the pedal and I'm just like, you know, in front of the amp trying to get as much noise as possible. Yeah. You may not have done that if you're in a hourly studio. No, it was not planned. Like it was just one of those like spur of the moment spontaneous things. I feel like I do that a lot with the vocals too. Just like doubling, laying down a lot of harmonies. You know, I use all of the tricks I learned like in past formal studio experiences yeah. but i like it way better this way to be honest so those mistakes that you make are the best things that ever happened to you yeah you want to make it sound like a human played it yes exactly <laughs> you want to make it sound like a human played but it. also like there's tricks you can do in studio that you can't do live so it's like i feel like you got to take advantage of that too what do you think of boston it's great yeah i mean i've been here a long time i you know, I like the science here. I like the music here. Like, I do want to play other places, though. That's something I haven't done in the past much. Is you know, I I think part of it is maybe I'm a little sheltered, but but the kind of glam, exciting rock that you do, I don't get to see very much. And it could be just be because I'm not going out to to see them, and I just don't know any better. I think there are a lot of like punk rock T-shirt bands or jean jacket bands, but. You know, that makes room for the glitter romper bands. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like, why would you want to wear what you wore to work to a gig? <laughs> like, why wouldn't you want to wear the coolest thing possible? You like, don't wear that to work? You want to, like, know who is the band when they walk in. I agree. And, like, have this air of mystery. And it's just, like, there's something to be said about, like, putting on the makeup. <laughs> I totally agree. Are you out to trying to, are you out to get gigs? trying to get somewhere you're trying to play once a week is that too much for you for the i work? mean if we can swing it um but i think in this town you end up having to play like different cities um like outside of boston if you want to play once a week yeah. like because you can only really play boston like you know once or twice a month otherwise <laughs> the yeah. bookers start yelling at you that you're oversaturating yeah, so yeah, i'm hoping yeah. we can do some like little road trips we did providence already that was okay. like our second show um, yeah, doing New York City, hoping to, you know, lay the groundwork for maybe eventually do a small tour. I just want to play everywhere, to be honest. I feel like everyone needs to know about Lene's Garden. There's a couple quotes I wanted to say to you. 
this, this is when you were, t you were talking about power slut at the time. You said, sexuality and queerness are part of who I am. I really struggled with it for a long time. But to really live in it and express it was hugely rewarding for me with power slut. Uh, and it would be kind of weird if I didn't continue that with Linnea's Garden. Is that a huge impetus for you? I think it's just built in at this point. Like with Power Slut, it was more overt because this was like how I would process coming out and stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, we had songs like Switch Hitter. Um, yeah. yeah, Threesome even. Um, but I think with Linnea's Garden, it's more just like built into the background because like this is an identity I'm more comfortable with now. Um, you know, there's like little hints of it here and there, but it's not as overt. It's not as in your face yeah. before. Is it? And I think that's a conscious thing. Yeah, because it's just like, this is my life now. <laughs> yeah, you don't seem to be afraid to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no topic is, you know, <laughs> restricted. I feel like, yeah, I just got to express yourself and you got to be real in the songwriting. And I don't know, I work a lot on writing. I mean, I write every day for like half an hour at least really is it yeah. is it poetry or is it lyrics just journaling it and journaling. lyrics yeah i mean it's just like it requires a lot of work and you have to put the work in sure. i think a lot of it is it ends up being about my life like a lot of the songs but it doesn't all have to be and some can be more of a metaphor for other things and you see both sort of come into the songwriting how much does um your work come into your songwriting your day job I think a lot of the things I'm influenced by, it's more like the idea, the conceptual idea of like, you want to tell a story with science and you want to tell a story with a song. Yeah. Um, those are like the best ones where it's like, it goes somewhere. It's not just, you know, repeating the same thing kind of over and over again. And so that's kind of a theme I like to take with me. Um, a lot of problem solving, you know, like where does this word fit? Um, and you do that all day, like as a scientist too, you know, how do you make this thing work? So I think uh, it's more like the conceptual ideas than like actually, well, I do have some songs about science now that I think about it. Science and you. Science and you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, it influences it quite a bit. <laughs> what was the line? I don't believe in God. I only science in you. <laughs> only science in you. I like that, especially nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Only science in yeah. you. Yeah, science in you. Is there a direction other than the new album coming out? Is there a direction that you haven't gone in yet that you want to? The glam, punk, is that is that it? Do you want to do something? I mean, I'm, I'm, there's no judgment here at all. I'm just curious if there's like, well, yeah, you know, I really wanted to do, you know, prog rock or something like that. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't really want to do prog, but no, I, mean, I do like a lot of like, yeah, I mean, I like a lot of different genres. So like we never know. It's like, is this going to be, you know, a totally different direction? I will say the stuff on the album, it's a lot heavier than what was on the EP, which is like oh, very right? the new, vintage the new album? pop. But the new album's like, it's more of the dance punk direction like i think most of the guitars are very distorted and there's a lot of them and there's a lot of like lcd sound system like beats oh really um but i think one direction i would want to go at some point maybe not with this project is to do something totally pop and dancey like that would be super fun <laughs> would you ever get and start getting into more electronic stuff yeah yeah i mean you that's definitely something in your, i'm interested in you don't have any keys in your band right not in the band but there is a keyboard somewhere back there yeah, you, yeah. Are, are you using it 
No, not for this band. I think it'll eventually make its way onto a recording. Yeah. Um, it did with Power Slide, but yeah, I don't have in the live band at this moment. So, so for the Sinclair one, what is the what is the plan? Is it is that some of the songs off the new album? Or is yeah. that the EP? It'll be mostly the new album. Most of the new album. Yeah, just trying to rock these out. You know, figure out where we can jump up into the air, where we do the big guitar solo on the drum riser. Like it's a big stage to work with. Do you choreograph? I will try. I, you know, I, you know, you gotta be like a little spontaneous, oh, yeah, sure, but sure. like, yeah, I mean a lot of it, like I try to imagine and mentally rehearse like what I could do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I like those pre, like what you did with, with the rumble. Yeah. Those pre-planned with the, with people in the audience and it's just, you know, you, you there's just always probably... elements that like, even when you do pre-plan, like you can't actually plan. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's still spontaneity to it, but no, I mean, I'm a scientist. I plan like a type A person. So <laughs> what do you see yourself doing in like 10 years? Uh, hopefully being a rock star scientist, <laughs> still, but you think better you're gonna st- and famous. <laughs> do you think, you're, you think you're going to stay in Boston? We'll see. Yeah. I mean, Boston's a really good home base. So do you have I family say, here? Yeah. No. But, uh, but you've been here for what, since when? since 2008 yeah so a while yeah yeah i feel like boston's my home at this point yeah well it's a great city and um i love the fact that we're getting music like yours in it uh and that they're you're playing at the sinclair it's freaking great i'm so excited i'm very excited about that (laughs) uh you gonna play us a few songs i can do that yeah With life, your boyfriend told me this why Look left, look right, it's just the evil eye. Got no time to even try. You're the mayor of this sound, you call the shots. We've got it down. So string me up and cut me out. You put words in my mouth. Words in my mouth 
like to thank Linnea for the conversation. You can see where Linnea's Garden is playing next and purchase their music at linneasgarden.com. Go to AboveTheBasement.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, listen and subscribe to our podcast, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and look at all the nice pictures we post on Instagram. We are everywhere. From all of us at Above the Basement, thank you for listening. Tell your friends. And remember, Boston music, like its history, is unique. <laughs>